and that's just a testament to how lazy of a lover you are. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on a wonderful, wonderful night. It's from the couch night. I have with me, Karen. How we doing, boys? Mr. 3-0 and this week. Love to see it. Eric. Hello. Yeah, that's, really, really all that's, all, that's all you needed to say, Zach. <laughs> and, of course, the moderator. It is I, Jerome. Uh, so, week two's in the books. Um, teams have been decimated by injuries. Uh, it's no fucking secret how everyone responds from this point, especially on a fantasy football uh, perspective um, is important, is important. This is, this is where working the waiver wire, uh, doing trades, everything is going to pay dividends, you know, on the first third of the season. So uh, Kieran already updated us that he uh, won all of his games in his league this week. Eric, how did you do? Uh, uh, I see, I for, for the English speaking fans of the show <laughs> i did i did okay um so all of I, them i did well i did i did yeah right for all the english ones um so i went one and two in the espn league that the three of us are in um i had to deal with the saquon injury i lost by four points i dealt with a couple other shit birds in my lineup it hurt but it didn't hurt that bad and the reason is is that as we've said before, I think each of us individually, the From the Couch League is the most important league that I'm in. The others are just kind of bonuses, a um, little bit extra fun. And in the From the Couch League, I did pretty well. I won. I would have liked to have won the week and won cash for having the highest score, but no complaints there. So I went one, one, for, one, one, one for six. Out of six, I, I only won one of my leagues this week. It was awful. Na- Naeem Hines. Are you on medication yet for me, it all? Let me down. Drew Brees. Just, just really strong showing. Yeah, it's uh, it was a rough week, rough week. So, uh, you know, we buckled down. Um, not, and- not to mention, you got absolutely shit pumped by Connor Auto Draft Stack. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, like you got shit pumped by my dad's Auto Draft team week one. Shut up. Yeah, but he's one and one in the league, and you're like 12 for 12. You're like 12th place out of 12. In the- Listen, there's a lot more football to be played. Two games a fantasy season does not make. Now, if I'm saying in week six, listen, man, six games a fantasy season does not make, that's bullshit. That's halfway through the season. You're fucked after that point. There's still plenty left to be played. I'll, I'll tell you what, after the first two weeks, uh, I don't think a single starter in the NFL is safe. Not a single one. No. It's, it's fucking crazy, man. Jimmy G, like, Jimmy G going down. Oh. Carson Wentz is playing like garbage. Yeah. You know, uh, Kirk Cousins, garbage. Well, there's, there's too much. There's too much to go over there. Yeah, no, and it, it, to, go, to go by player-by-player is crazy. Um, so uh, let's just run right into it. Karen, who is your player of the week? Now, remember, it has to be somebody from your team, one of your teams. Right, no, of course. Yep. My player of the week this week was uh, 
Kyler Murray, man. Uh, okay. Arizona, he had a hell of a game. Uh, a few rushing touchdowns. Uh, he threw for a couple as well. He got rushing yards. He got throwing yards. You know, he was just all all around amazing game from him. So, hey, he's he's my guy this week. Yeah, and it's what's great about him too this year is that he's throwing more difficult passes than he was last year. Last year was a lot because he can. Was, like last year, when like your number one guy is thirty six years old, like right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I might be lowballing his age there. Like, I don't even know like, how old is Larry Fitz. He's got to be almost 40, 40 already. I don't think – I think age is but a number for that man anyway. Like – Fair. But, no, Kyler Kyler has been very impressive. They are an impressive team. Yeah. You you should be worried. The two most impressive teams in the in the AFC right, – and the NFC right now are in your division. I'm not worried. But I'm not worried because it's an early season and because, frankly – I'm already two wins more than I thought I'd be at this point. Good point. So I'll take it. Um, yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, my player of the week, uh, Ryan Tannehill. 34.76 points in uh, the league, uh, 239 pass yards, four TDs, 12 rush yards on four attempts. Uh, he had a great week. Uh, nothing more that can be said about that. Um, thankfully, uh, he's passing more than he ever has for the Titans. I just uh, hope to ride that until, you know, the wheels fall off, basically. It, it's shocking to me that he is so prolific with – like, Matt Ryan being prolific isn't shocking because he's got weapons aplenty, right? Like, he's got three – he's got three offensive weapons that any of us can name at any moment. But Ryan Tannehill is not really working with what I think we would all consider, like, top half of the league talent here. And A.J. Brown, yeah, and I don't don't even know if A.J. Brown played, but the point is, is I am shocked that Ryan Tannehill is starting off the year like he ended it last year. I Mm -hmm. thought for sure it was a flash in the pan, and it's just more evidence that Adam Gase is terrible at his job. Um, So my player of the week this week, it's a callback. It feels like forever ago, but Kareem Hunt. um, I mean, talk about a guy who – he plays one quarter, it feels like, one quarter of every game. He looked every ounce as good as Nick Chubb did. And he ended the, he ended the week, um, I think, the sixth-ranked running back or, like, the seventh-ranked running back on the week. On the season, he is number nine. And he plays one quarter a game so far. I couldn't be I, – I honestly, I couldn't have been happier, especially with starting – if you've got players starting in Thursday night football, it really sets the tone for your entire weekend. I tell you what, if I was the Giants organization, fuck trying to get Devonta Freeman. Get mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt. Because, I mean, let's be honest. Kareem Hunt is not the starting running back in Cleveland. No, Chubb I, is. Of course not. He is a great – he's probably I – would, I would go so far as to say is Kareem Hunt is the best number two running back in the league no, right I, now. I would go further – I think I think in the league right now, even aside from fantasy football, I think he's the twelfth best running back. Like in the, he's in that range, no, no, right? But but when you would look at a depth chart, no, I know, I know he is he is the number two. Yeah. So to say that he's the number one out of all all the number two all the number two running backs on depth charts, an absolute certainty. And he's he's definitely like you just said. He's a caliber level that he should be in the top top twelve. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know why they're not. You know why they wouldn't try and 
like, hey, hey, listen, we'll pay you more than they're paying you. Yeah. And you can be a number one. Well, and he just got a new contract. I got to tell you, though, I, and this is a different. I mean, that's two years old, though, right? No, he just got a new contract. Oh, just. Oh, yeah. Um, so this is a different tack, but I got to say, and, and it's a little bit off topic for the topics that we normally cover, but watching that Thursday night football game and watching Joe Burrow on one side and then Baker Mayfield on the other, finishing the game and reading the commentary afterwards and people saying, well, this is the absolute perfect Kevin Stefanski dream game where he was able to run the ball the way he wanted. He got the production that he wanted. I was honestly left feeling like Baker Mayfield is a bust. I think he's a bust because I watched that game and I thought to myself, that's a hot take. It is honestly. And that's the best. See, this is the thing. That's the best, the best game, the best offensive script that Stefanski was your head coach and your offensive mastermind is going to come up with. And there were moments where I looked at him and I thought, dude, you're just not that good. That intentional grounding play was awful. That interception was awful. It looked bad. And he didn't end the game looking all that strong at all. Meanwhile, Joe Burrow on the other side throws 60-plus passes, not a single interception. Joe Burrow uh, passes the ball 63 times or 62 times, and there wasn't a single play that I, I watched him throw, and I thought, yeah, you're just not that good. It was the opposite. Um, hell, I watched Daniel Jones play because I put this up to – a friend of ours, and I said, okay, out of the three of them, and I would ask you guys too, but if you are picking quarterback to start on your team um, as they are right now, rank which ones you would go after. Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones. Karen, go ahead. Rank them best to worst. One through three. My, so go ahead. Okay. Joe Burrow, Dan Jones, and then Baker. Zach? Um, I, I'm going to go uh, Burrow, Baker, Jones. See, I'm with Jerome. I would go Burrow, Jones, Baker. I don't think I don't think Baker's teachable. I honestly I don't think that look, we watched last year with Kirk Cousins in the Stefanski offense. Um well, he's also he's also the most tenured out of the film. So I think like him being less teachable is more of like an ego thing with him, whereas the other two guys, Dan Jones is in his second year. He spent half of last year as a backup. You know, he was kind of put into the kind of be having to be teachable kind of scenario. Um, and same thing with Joe Burrow also a little bit. Like, yeah, he was given the starting role right off the jump, but <clears throat> he's still a rookie. He's still got shit to learn about, like, how the league works. Like, Baker Mayfield's been in the league for, what, four years now? Um, I feel like with him, the reason he's not teachable is because he's, his ego's getting in the way. But you also have to look at this. Baker's now in his third off, third offense. Sec it's actually his, his second because Freddie Kitchen was the offensive coordinator for the first year. That's why he got the job as oh, HC. Okay. All right. Touche. Two, Dan is in his second offense. Mm -hmm. Different coach. Mm -hmm. Judge. Right? Um, so, you know, they are playing a little bit behind the eight ball. Well, he, he's with Sir Claps a lot. He's with, he's with Jason Garrett. No, I – no, it's – I think honestly, I think I think Baker's been given all of the tools that the two of them, in terms of Jones and Burrow, haven't been able to use yet, and he's done less with more. He's done less with more. I 
Anyway, it, it was a tirade. It was a tirade. Yeah, um, that was that was a bit of a um, an offshoot. I just hot take. I I think he's. I think he will end up being a bust. All right. Speaking of busts, let's talk about this week's fucking ten ply player. Who's a Ted fucker? Who needs to give their balls a tug? Eric. Um, we'll start with you, pumpkin. Okay. So I really wanted to go with Scotty Miller. I brought up oh. the I brought up the ESPN league and the holes in my lineup. He was one of them. Uh, my guy, you are a white receiver being thrown to by Tom Brady. It's just it, it's simple, man. You you should be absolute fantasy gold. You should be PPR machine and you did nothing. In fact, he dropped a pass uh, a touchdown. Um yeah. So I-, I wanted to say him, but you know what? I actually wanted to use this time as platform and I'm glad he's on my fantasy football team so I can say it. Carson Wentz, I am out on Carson Wentz. I am and I don't say this to hurt you, but honestly, watching That's that just a bonus. Game, no, well, no, well, no, I'm, I'm not that guy. But I would say, honestly, for fantasy football purposes, I think he's getting the shit kicked out of him by the media, by fans, by everyone. I think he's still a good quarterback. I think he still makes something out of nothing. And I still don't want him. I'm, I'm going to drop him. I'm out. You, I started Joe Burrow ahead of him last week on – a spur of the moment kind of thing, just just on feeling. And now I look at it and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to keep Joe Burrow and I'm going to cut Carson Wentz because I can't imagine starting Carson again for the rest of the season. And I can't believe I'm saying that because I drafted him. Even versus the Bengals this week? Even ver- No, not a chance. I got nothing. Oh, all right. I'm, I'm just, just asking. Just asking. Listen, I, I, have, I have Carson in one of my teams too. And it's it's him or Tannehill, and Tannehill's versus the Vikings. And whoever listen to me out there, fantasy, whoever's playing the Vikings, fucking play them. Holy shit! What a mess that team is. What a mess! In week one, <laughs> they can't they can't stop a nosebleed. In week two, I think it was in the middle of the third or at the end of the third quarter, Kirk Cousins had a zero passer rating. He's zero in many leagues he finished with negative points if you playing a defense that's up against minnesota fucking play them don't think about it play them because guess what for most league formats you're going to get 10 to 15 points automatically and it doesn't look like their offense for for minnesota are going to do anything so you get 15 points automatically listen i started the bills for two weeks in a row thinking against miami Oh, yeah, I'm getting those 15 points, plus a little bit extra. Zero. Uh, yeah, I got two points in most Negative leagues. in some leagues. Yeah. yeah, fucking crazy. So, you know, it's neither here nor there. Just it really boils down to if, if you are up against – if you have an opportunity to play someone against the Vikings, do it. Don't think about it. Do it. Karen, who's, uh, who's your tit fucker? Uh, so mine's a little bit of a tandem. Um, it starts off with uh, Matthew Berry, fantasy insider for ESPN. He can go give his balls a tug because he released um, a little article that I happened to read saying that uh, Emmanuel Sanders should be your week two starter over Mike Evans, saying Ugh. Mike Evans isn't 100% back yet. 
Um, Emmanuel Sanders has been getting a lot of targets uh, in New Orleans. I have both in one of my leagues. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders got me a whopping 2.8 points, while Mike Evans got me 23.4, keeping that bench nice and warm for me. So, Matthew Berry, you can give your balls a tug. Emmanuel Sanders, you can also give your balls a tug while also giving Matt Berry's balls a tug. You both suck. <laughs> that, You're both imply. Like- I might pity drop. I might like pity drop, or not pity drop, uh, spite drop Emmanuel Sanders this week. That sounds like a party that I don't want to be invited to. No, um, no, it's it's absolutely there. There's a lot of people that got duped, like Kieran got duped this week. Everybody said, "Oh, Michael Thomas out, play Emmanuel Sanders." What it really boils down to is, I don't think, I don't think Drew Brees has that anymore. Uh, no, I don't think he has it. Whatever and- spark he had, like it's gone. So, so I, I owe, and you can also see it too, just because like I have Kamara too, and he scored thirty eight point four points. So obviously, they're not comfortable with Breeze airing it out anymore, unless Michael Thomas is the no, one. No, no, no. it's it, not. So. They're comfortable. It's not like there's a coach hitting the X button to dump it off to Kamara instead of hitting the fucking circle button to throw it to fucking Emmanuel Sanders. It's quite literally. I don't think he's got it anymore, and he's just doing the whole. It's just easier dumping it to Kamara. He'll make something out of this. Yeah, I. He's I, doing. He's doing a P River. He's doing a P River. That's right. With Austin Eckler last. Yeah. Like that. I mean, that's what it feels like. No, and honestly, I have been wrong twice now about the Saints. Once about Alvin Kamara, who went on a tirade about three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and certainly looks like I was wrong. I think he's like number two or three overall in fantasy football right now in PPR. There's no way he's number one. Aaron Jones is solid at number one. No, but he, he's he's up there, though. No, 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 and he's then, up there. But Aaron yeah. Jones has got two 30, 40-plus weeks. Yeah. There's no beating but, him right now. But then last week, uh, Karen, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders was my player to watch. He was mm-hmm. my he was my guy. I started him. I, huh, I You know what? I can't even talk about it. Rom, go ahead. No. Um, speaking of players to watch, Malcolm <laughs> Brown broke his goddamn pinky. Fucking pussy. Yeah. <laughs> What a fucking waste of space. Um, but making making worse, uh, Naeem Hines, monster game, week one. I'm like, oh, yeah. They're just going to write even, – even if they don't give him a majority of the carries, he's still going to get involved in the passing game. And I'm in a PPR platform, so num, 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 num. Let's make it happen. One reception, four yards. Bro, eat a dick. And die, like it, it fuck is, you. It is the Jonathan Taylor <laughs> show down there, and 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 there's like it, there's there's, the, the, it is one hundred percent the Jonathan Taylor show. Yeah. Like, like they in Indy is quite literally like we are playing the hot hand. Yeah. The, from the from the jump, Jonathan, like it doesn't it doesn't matter what happened last week. It's Jonathan Taylor's house, and yeah. you're living in it. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. Like they didn't even give the guy a fucking chance. Nope. He had zero attempts. Zero. He went from having two rushing touchdowns to zero attempts this week. What the fuck? Whose Cheerios did he piss in this week? Did he take a coach's parking spot? Like, fuck, dude, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Just straight up talent, man. Jonathan Taylor is that good. It's not to take anything away from – from Taylor, I mean, they play. Uh, he started doing well, and they just rolled with it. Yeah. But fuck, they didn't even give him any breaks. 
they have like it's fucking crazy. It's well, crazy. and I'll, I'll say this too: like Naeem Hines is the third down back. He's a pass catcher. They didn't need any part of that against Minnesota. They didn't need they didn't need a passing back. They didn't need a third down back. They they probably didn't even see that many third downs because Minnesota just laid down and took it. It's true. <laughs> Kieran, <coughs> tell me about your player to watch this week. Who gives you, um, who so gives my, you a chubby? Who gives you a chubby? Who gives you a jump down in the lumber yard? My player this week is going to be um, Justin Hibbert, man. Or Justin Herbert, I should say. Sorry. Um, Hibbert? Justin, yeah, no. I'm, everyone knows I'm not the name guy on the podcast here. Uh, <laughs> but, but I guess um, Justin Herbert uh, came in for the injured uh, Tyrod Taylor, which I also think is weird. He just had, like, angina before the game and couldn't play. Um, guys, guys, got ch- na, 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 na. ESPN reporting that Kieran Stack is not the name guy on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <It's fucking shocking. laughs> did, uh, did, did, did Matt Barry post that? I wouldn't trust it. <laughs> Fantasy update. <laughs> obscure, <laughs> obscure podcast commentator, Kieran Stack. Is not no, good with that. Terrible names. Boston accent. Is not the name guy on this podcast. All right, this yeah, bit's going But anyway, um, no, Justin Herbert, um, he played very, very well last week, um, I think, um, for his first NFL start uh, as a rookie coming out of the University of Oregon, go Ducks. Um, but I thought he played exceptionally well. You know, granted, he does have, you know, weapons like Eckler that he can, you know, dump off to if he's in a pinch. But I think he played well. He handled himself well. Don't even um, do it. Don't forget to mention Hunter Henry. Yeah, no, I'm, that dude. I, I would never forget Hunter Henry. But no, like, like I said, like the the Chargers do have some offensive weapons, and I think now that they have two young quarterbacks. I mean, I would call Tyrod Taylor necessarily a young quarterback, younger than Philip Rivers quarterbacks. Um, I don't know. I think it's getting interesting to see what they're going to be able to do, um, especially when we find out what exactly is going on with Tyrod. But you know, I think Justin Herbert, you know, kind of solidified himself as you know, if Tyrod's not looking great. Uh, they can, I feel like they can be confident in putting him under center. What What do you think about Anthony Lindstack saying that if Tyrod can go, that he will play Taylor instead of Justin Herbert? Obviously, uh, Tyrod is there was their guy going into it. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's got to kind of own up to that and be like, all right, yeah, Justin had a first game out against a you know very tough defense, a Super Bowl winning defense and was able to put up 20 on them. You know, uh, the Chargers defense also played well as well. Also, Patty Mahomes had a very lackluster week at quarterback. But, you know, I think they know now that, you know, it's not only going to be Tyrod now. I think he's got to be able to, you know, Tyrod's got to kind of have, you know, looking over his shoulder, uh, being like, okay, this kid can fucking ball. You know, I got to bring my game up even more. So I think I get what he's, I get where he's coming from. I think it should be Tyrod. You know, you can't give a kid – the wheels to the, you know, you can't give a kid the steering wheel to the offense after just one good week against a team who played not their best. Yeah. So I, 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 I asked this question because I have somewhat of a hot take on the situation. I think that Herbert looked amazing. He had command. He looked confident, strong arm. And that kid is nimble running the ball too. There was a, there was a RPO play where he deked out a D lineman and then he made something out of nothing. And that was, that was, he was very impressive. I will also temper the expectations of people watching out there and say that 
the Kansas City Chiefs were prepared for Tyrod Taylor. And they were prepared for a Tyrod Taylor-led Chargers team. They were not prepared for somewhat of a more gunslinging Chargers offense. Now, they did run the ball a lot. But what I mean is Tyrod Taylor doesn't play the position at all like Herbert does. He doesn't do any of the things that Herbert does at the same level or he doesn't have any of the same strengths. And that's a lot. When you prepare all week as the Chargers for a certain player in a certain playbook um, and then someone else completely different shows up right at game time, I actually like what Lynn is doing here because I think that if Tyrod can play, I would start him too. Um, Because I think if Herbert were to play another game, I think you would see a sharp decline in in his stats, in his success. Um, if a team has an entire week to prepare for that, I, I like I like starting or I like sitting Herbert a little bit longer, letting Tyrod take some more of the hits, some more of the season. Look, if you're the Chargers, this isn't a week. Uh, this isn't a season you're looking to go to the the playoffs or the Super Bowl anyway. This is right. a season in which. If you're, if you're drafting a quarterback in the first round, you're probably not expecting that unless you're the Packers. So, um, I actually, <laughs> I liked it, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, and it's like, you know, and it's it's a coach standing by his guy, you know. Like, he's the guy that we said was going to have the job. He's going to have the job until, you know, it's taken from him, be that by injury or just, you know, not living up to what he's supposed to be living up to. Yeah, I agree. and And I do think – that it was nice to see a Chargers team under Herbert realize a lot more of its potential. You know, Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, too. Keenan Allen went, what, like eight eight receptions for 97 yards. That's the Keenan Allen that I love watching fo- play football. Not the one who's catching passes from Tyrod Taylor. But it's just a different opinion on my, tar- on my take uh, as compared to what a lot of people are saying about this whole Chargers situation. I say I say keep the kid in. Yeah, they were exciting. Hmm. I mean, they looked they, they looked were. they they looked a, a Super Bowl winning defense in the face and said "fuck you" and ran up on them. And they did it in much better looking jerseys than the Super Bowl winning they, team. And they they the Chiefs were one of the few teams, and the Chiefs defense was one of the few team teams that actually had like one of the most you know, the most amount of returners or returning, returning starters, returning starters. Yeah. So, you know, this isn't like some teams where it's like, yeah, like 20% of returning starters, like fuck right. Less than 50% of the Patriots defense is returning starters. Right. Yeah. Like, no, this is like, like it's like 60 to 70% of the, the returning starters are there. And they just like, they were like, no, fuck you. And their defense came out. And, and, like, on the other half of it, too. Like, I feel like Herbert came out and the defense played off it. Like, yeah, fucking we can do this. Let's fucking get him. Yeah. And they, they like, I, I, I saw close-ups of, of Pat, Patty Mahomes looking, looking worried. Like, he looked like, oh, shit, this, yeah. is, this is actually happening right now. Well, and you know what? You know what, too? Um, what I actually found most impressive from that game, believe it or not, was – Patrick Mahomes' resilience. Again, he's down. Um, again, he's facing adversity uh, late in the game. Look, that scramble where he had, I think, what, like 20 yards on the ground? It was late in the game. It was either an OT yeah. or it was in the fourth quarter. 
that kid can fucking straight up ball. You know, I mean, that to me, like, the stats are great. All that's great. But the thing that separated Tom Brady for all those years, the thing that separates the really great ones, the thing that people criticize Peyton Manning for is coming in clutch when you're down big. And that was that was the thing for me. Yeah. So, um, we'll, we'll move right along. Yeah, uh, uh, Eric, tell us what your player of the week, uh, your player to watch is. Okay, so my, my player to watch uh, this week is a little bit of a, a shocker, but I like – I am very interested to see what Teddy Bridgewater does this week. Um, look, Teddy, we're all very happy to watch you play football again. I thought you were done for your entire career. You got the starting gig. You got the bag. You got paid. And you came to a team that had maybe one of the top five players in the NFL. CMC Yardage Factory. And now it's gone. So I want to know. Temporarily. It's not a Saquon. It's not a season-ending injury. He'll be back. He will. But the point is, is I want to know now what you're really made of because we're, we're going to find out. You don't have that workhorse back who is able to get 30 touches or whatever a game. It's, it's all on you, bud. And you don't have a very good defense. So I am interested to see how he responds. And I want to know if he's going to be successful. He's going to face a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. And let's not forget – I mean, this is a guy who faced – who is a small dude who was already seriously injured almost as much as shit, Alex Smith. But anyway, yeah. I mean, I wish him all the best. I really do. I'm a big Teddy B fan. But- Mine's pretty cut and dry. Uh, player to watch, Dan Hill versus the Vikings. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna put a forty burger on the board. I think he's gonna throw like Wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. <clears throat> or or if that doesn't happen, he throws like three touchdowns and Derrick Henry just chews up time. I think I think Tannehill either either puts a forty burger on the board or he attempts eighteen passes, completes sixteen of them for like hundred and fifty yards and throws two touchdowns, and he has to do nothing but hand off the ball yeah. because the Vikings are that bad. I would love that second bar because I have Derek Henry in two of the leagues. Yeah, right. And so far he's done absolute dick. So yeah. it'd be nice. It'd be nice. Wait, All right. Real, real quick, real quick. Who are you? Who do you guys feel better about at this point in the season? Joe Mixon or Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry didn't get into his flow of high yardage and and fantasy point yield games until the second half of the season last year. Neither did Joe Mixon. Okay, but we all saw how that ended. Joe Mixon did pretty the well. Better, the better running back is Derrick Henry. And Joe terms Mixon, of, in terms Joe of fantasy Mixon, football. Joe Mixon, no, he's a better running back. Joe Mixon catches Joe Mixon passes. can catch the ball, but that makes him a receiver. That's a receiver skill. Uh, I understand, but I'm talking, about fantasy, I'm talking about fantasy football okay. and PPR fantasy leagues. Football, PPR league, Derrick Henry will still have more points. Okay. Just, just out of curiosity, just ask. We can, we can make. Now it's on. Now it's on recorded. We will see towards the end of the season who was right. Well, that's fine. Uh, who do I think? Who do I think is uh, better right now? Are we, are we gonna have a, who do I have more confidence in? Hold on, hold on. Let me. No, I'll take Mixon. Honestly, I'm yeah, good yeah. Yes. Okay, carry on. Okay, uh, I bore witness to this. I can. <laughs> and and I, can, I can be your witness there. Fans out there in the ether, even the English speaking. Yeah. Yes, even the C. Ah, CSC. <laughs> CSC. All right, so going into week three, uh, game to watch. I'm going to start it off this time. 
Cowboy Seahawks. Wow. Okay. You fucker. That's fair, though. I did it to you last week, so I I, I, I walked into that. (laughs) Go ahead and open the list and take a look at the the games. (laughs) Cowboy Seahawks, um, it's undeniable that there's a lot of energy in the Cowboys team, okay? Um, They showed us that they can come back and win against a truly terrible football team, which is, you know, underwhelming. I'm not giving anybody a standing ovation in the fucking Cowboys organization for beating the fucking Atlanta Falcons after being down by that many points. Congratulations. And for like the worst play calls of all time, calling a fake punt on your own 20 and what? then calling oh, another shut up. Fake they did it twice later in the game. Fuck twice in their own territory and failed. Fuck you. Yep. Unbelievable. Talk about another special teams coordinator who needs to be fucking fired. Okay. Um, I'll I'll give credit to them because I have Dak Prescott as my quarterback and yeah, congr- in congratulations. Yeah, that helped. He got that he helped. got points <laughs> against garbage teams. Great. Mm. Points is points, bud. Okay. Carry yeah, on. That's not the point. Um, I want to just see the Seahawks ground them into dust, and they will. So okay, so over the last two weeks, I think the Seahawks have a good defense. And for what it's worth, by the way, it's a side note to the side note. Jamal Adams. Defensive player of the year so far. Oh, no, Un-fucking no. That real. Guy, that guy's a monster. He is the best blitzing sure. safety maybe I've ever seen aside from Troy Palomalu. But they are a good defense, and I think Russ cooking, which I'm happy about, the is – The Cowboys defense will not be able to stop. Oh, my God, no. It's, dude, no, we've had a terrible secondary for a decade. On a train on them, they're not going to be able to stop Russ. I am concerned that the, that the Seahawks – They let your team – Jared Gurf. Jared Gurf. Run the offense all over them. What I'm saying is I'm afraid that the Seahawks are going to start running the ball a lot more because they're watching their defense get less time uh, to rest and less time to to play better uh, because they throw the ball so much and they move the ball down the field so much. And I think against this Cowboys offense, which is prolific, you do need to hold on to the ball a lot longer. So – Prolific. The Cowboys offense is prolific. No, it's not. Against against a absolutely porous Atlanta Falcons shut up. Atlanta Falcons defense who let the the Cowboys and the Seahawks just throw three hundred plus yards on them. Fuck you. They th- their offense is not prolific. They didn't win against you guys. You guys shut them down. The only reason they, they put up that many points is because it's fucking Atlanta. Don't call them prolific. It's like, it's like oh, oh man, that great state team. Yeah, they just beat the shit out of this fucking This is co- This like, is not about the Dallas Cowboys. This is more about no, – am- it's about the facts. The fact of the matter is they have high numbers because they threw a lot of, they threw a lot of yards no, against no, no, a no, trash no, defense. No. Hear me, hear me. I'm just saying I hope. Because I enjoy watching this new no, Seattle no, no, no. offense. You, I you, hope that you, they don't you start hope, running the ball. You hope, you hope that Dak is going to get more points. If I were you, I wouldn't play Dak. Oh, no, God, no. I'm going to play Dak because they're going to be down in the scoring because the Seattle Seahawks are going to be up 28-3 to at the end of the first quarter, and Dak's going to throw the except ball 60 this, times. Except this time he's going to get a lot of interceptions. Which are negative one point per interception. I'm fine with it. Okay. I like your game of the week. Karen. So, yeah, my game of the week, um, since Eric was a bitch and already dibs his, like, at 9 o'clock this morning, like a fucking loser, um, I'm going to go 
I'm going to go Raiders Pats. Um, the wow. Las Vegas Raiders are two and zero in their inaugural season. Um, won their home opener Monday night against uh, the New Orleans Saints, who performed admittedly very badly. But you know, one guy who I'm really excited to start watching, excited to see what he does against that Pats defense is Josh Jacobs, man. Um, he's that offense. It's not Derek Carr. It's not fucking. Two guys. No, no, no. Know. Hold on. Two guys. Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. Goo-goo-ga-choo. Yeah. The Walrus. Dude, two walrus, cornerstones. Baby. Two cornerstones of their offense. Ground yep. and 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 pass catching. Hundred percent. You're absolutely right on that on that half. Yeah. No. Like for sure. Like it's you know Derek Carr is he's that quarterback that is just okay enough to let the other his teammates carry the team to a win. Um, they're two and zero now. Uh, the Pats are coming off a, a loss. They got that West to East travel, which I know a lot of people say doesn't mean shit, but you know, it, ma- it matters some when you're going from Seattle back to new England, you know, the Raiders are doing the same type of travel, but you know, they're coming off a win. They're coming in hot. Um, it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see how Cam reacts, honestly, you know, our first loss as a Patriot and how the team reacts in general. Yeah, I, I actually, so I anticipated either of you guys to snake my dibs pick away from me. So I actually had why this is, so you could sit here and this bitch is, about it. No, no. So this is this was this I prepared. This is my second pick and this is the game I prepared for. And I, I have a lot to say. First of all, I am one of those rare people in the world. I love Derek Carr, actually. I love that one great season he had where he's an MVP candidate before he broke his leg. And I'm a big Derek Carr fan. I like God, that was brutal. Movie, but I liked I liked watching him rip apart the Saints defense. And but I'll say this too: he threw to 12 different players on his offense. Yeah, and I think that both speaks to the fact that aside from Darren Waller, he really doesn't have a go-to receiver. Well, he threw to he threw to Darren Waller 16 times, which is awesome because I do have which him is, in fantasy football which league, is the, which is. You know, despite throwing to 12 different players, I mean, he threw to Darren Waller the most. Yeah. And since I'm in all PPR league formats, I'll say that that is gold. But you, you know what I really like about this Patriots offense or this Patriots team period is that they're one of those teams that is committing to having a philosophy. They have an identity. And win or lose, it is their identity. They will run the ball with Cam. They are a an RPO play action team. When they get down inside the five, it is all Cam Newton running the ball. And which makes them predictable. No, it, it makes them predictable. Don't get me wrong. But there are teams that four or five games down the road, it's like in the NBA when it gets inside two minutes and you don't know who your go-to player is, it can be a problem. All right? There's a difference between – yeah, but that's not that's not a problem. That's an advantage. It, it the defense be. doesn't know who it's you're going to give the ball it's to. It's only of an advantage if anyone can make the shot. The problem is, is the teams without a philosophy, without a true identity, don't know what to do in tough situations. This Patriots team is establishing a true identity, and I like it. I like I like watching them play. I like it. It's two weeks. It's two weeks. I, I'm just saying this could be this could be a playoff team. I really think that this could be. A winning squad. I need to see them play someone they're in the division. Look, they just played a team who I think I said before is my Super Bowl prediction for winning the Super Bowl. And they went toe to toe. And with two seconds left in the game, they're right on the goal line. So 
I like it. Actually, I, Stack, I, I like the choice for the game of the week um, because I am going to be forever now for the rest of the season tuned in to see what Cam Newton does. He's so much yep. fun to watch. Again, thank <clears throat> God. Finally. he's better for the NFL. <laughs> All right, Eric, tell us about your trash pick of the week. You know, I got to go Homer pick here. This is Rams and Bills. I was supposed to be at this fucking game before we knew about COVID. God, I wish I could. Um, it's very interesting to me. The Bills are successful like we thought they would be, but they are not the team that we thought they would be. They are not the team that we thought would shut the Dolphins down to 10 points or less. They're not the team that we thought would be run first. Josh Allen isn't the quarterback that we thought would be running the ball more than passing the ball. They're probably one of the most exciting teams right now in the NFL to watch play. Uh, especially because he's like for a guy who's such a, who's got such a big arm and who was so inaccurate. I watched highlights of his game last week. He showed a lot of touch and, and stack for what it's worth. I did want to make a shout out to you coming up with Josh Allen as your MV dark horse MVP. And then Noah Fant as your, uh, your, my guy. I mean, Fant has been awesome. Yeah. I think, I think yep. Noah Fant might be the best playmaker on that Denver offense, which isn't saying a whole lot. But still, yeah. <laughs> I do think Noah Fant's been awesome. And Josh, Josh Allen is incredible this year. It's my game of the week because I'm interested to see what my Rams can do, if anything, against the Bills. But also because the Rams, I mean, even objectively, are an interesting team this year. I, I as a fan, didn't see a 2-0 start. And I am interested to see what they do against real, real competition against the Bills. Shot at yep. me and Jerome right there. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry, but, but you're that, not wrong. You're not wrong at Bills, all. <laughs> yeah, that Bills team, if they, I mean, look, aside from the Ravens and the Chiefs, I mean, the Bills, even with those guys included, the Bills might challenge for an AFC championship game appearance. So, yeah, I, it, I mean, my, my Super Bowl prediction was Bills Tampa Bay. Yeah. And, and see, and that's another game. I mean, talking about like games from last week, dude, the Bucks look good. The Bucks look. The defense looked very good. Not a very disciplined team. Because if you're winning big into the fourth quarter, I mean, you got to close Ooh, out strong. Getting into the bad games, 49ers Giants. Hell to the no. <laughs> Whoo! You That's, mean the backup Niners? The backup. The Niners, backup Niners. The backup Niners versus the second most underwhelming team that plays in New Jersey. Boy, and that's a tight race too. Because both are pretty underwhelming. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's a travesty. Um, I it's so fucking ironic. Like you think that they would just try and like if they were doing San Francisco back to back New York, both both <clears throat> New York teams, quote unquote. They would just have them just stay in New York. Yeah. Right. But whatever. I'll tell you. I, you know what? You know what I, else? I is... just think it's trash and. But you know what? Not makes, much else to say. You know, you know what makes this game trash is as bad as the Giants are. I still give them a fighting chance in this game because they a much they have a much better chance of beating the 49ers than than the Jets did. Yeah, honestly, like this is a backup team. This is not the Super Bowl 49ers team. Yeah. But you know what I will be doing? Starting Jordan Reed. You know what I will be doing? Not watching a fucking minute of this game. I, I won't. I'll just look I will <laughs> avoid it. It's just bad football. <laughs> Red Zone will just give me an update when Jordan Reed scores two or three touchdowns, and that'll be it. Yeah, seriously. 
Stack, what's your uh, game to snooze on? Um, I got to go with Bengals Eagles. Um, I really don't need to watch two teams that are full of make-a-wish kids struggle their way through a football game for 60 minutes, minus Joe Burrow. Fuck, man. The only thing that makes it semi-watchable is Joe Burrow, and that's the only reason Red Zone's going to show anything is if, like, Joe Burrow is, like, in the Red Zone. That's it. I You beat the Falcons. Relax. Not sure. I'm not tripping the Eagles. I'm just saying it's, I don't think it's going to be a good game. You make-a-wish teams. Fuck you, man. You beat the Falcons. Congratulations. No, honestly, Jerome. My team's this, not broken. This was this was my game to snooze on, too. They both look – Listen, man, I'm not disputing that. It just hurts. Okay. I, I know, I know it hurts. <laughs> it fucking hurts. Okay, if me being, if me snapping back, clapping back at it is a show of anything, it's because it hurts. And if I don't defend my team, then I'm probably dead. I got, I gotta tell you, for and also they, no one else will. Since they both been drafted, I have, not in this podcast. They won't. I, I, uh, since they both been drafted, I have hated Carson Wentz. Sort of wanted him to fail. This is another level. All right, guys, we're going to answer the internet. All right, Stack, could you beat Tom Cruise in a fight? Absolutely not, dude. He's like, he like, yeah, he's kind of old, but like, I don't know. I don't have any formal martial arts or any form of fighting training. Like, I'm pretty sure he actually knows how to fight, and he does all of his own stunts. He's he's definitely in way better shape than me. I have some reach on him, but that's about all I got. You know, I respect that answer because that's honesty. No shot at all. And, like, I'm really – a couple of years ago, I think the reason this question's in here is because, like, a couple of years ago, uh, or maybe even only a year ago, Justin Bieber was like, yo, I could take Tom Cruise in a fight. No, you fucking couldn't, dude. Let me just say this. In all the movies that Tom Cruise has ever done, um, all the martial arts that he does in the movie that he's choreographed um, – I've never seen him once do any kind of ground fighting. So in the event that I were, I mean, obviously I have about seven inches on him and I have a lot more martial arts training, like actual martial arts training, not just playing around for a movie than he does. Um, I would immediately take him to the ground because I don't think he has any prowess fighting there. There aren't a lot of martial arts disciplines that teach ground fighting. Just saying. I could take him. Next question. I I 100% think you could. Yeah. I can take Jerry Maguire, but that's probably it. (laughs) (laughs) You had me at hello. All right, Jerome. Would you rather A, fuck in the same position for the rest of your life, or B, only be able to jerk off to one porn video? Okay. So I do get to pick the position? I suppose so. Okay. All right. So fuck in the same position for the rest of my life. That's easy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's a pretty good position. Uh, Missionary. Seriously? Yeah, I get deepest that way. Well, that's just physics. Yeah. That's just good sense. Honestly, no, I, I would I would I'm rather just, I would I'm rather just, the girl on oh, top. That's and that's and that's that's your prerogative. That's fine. I'm just saying that's And that's just a testament to how lazy of a lover you are. Ah, God, four weeks in a row. I was hoping to say something funnier than that. Uh, Fuck. All right. Ooh, okay. Who is your favorite movie villain? Wow. All right. I know. know. We could have a whole podcast about this. Oh, yeah. This is a deep question. So I I need you to try and condense it down. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right. I have one. It's Daniel Plainview, There Will Be Blood. Yes, he is the protagonist. 
he is also a villain. Yeah. He is so he is unreal. The end scene of There Will Be Blood, where he's like, My straw reaches across the room and drinks your milkshake. Like that fucking character is unreal. He is so unhinged. He's so like I drink your milkshake. The the uh <laughs> the happy Father's Day meme this year where it's him holding his deaf son is fucking unreal. Like it's, it's definitely got to be Daniel Plainview. Um so real quick, um the fourth question that nobody got to be asked. So this is going to be real quick. Just from the belt, from the belt shooting. If you had to play one video game for the rest of your life, what would it be? Super Smash Bros Melee. Tony Hawk's Underground 2. Final Fantasy Tactics. Thank you very much, guys. Um, I look forward to, um, you know, putting this out there for you. Um, we all hope you, you, you all out there have a great week three, fantasy-wise. Except next Karen. Week. Except for Karen. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Piece of garbage. <laughs> bang, bang! Go Rams. <laughs>